0: What if something good is about to happen? What if something good is about to happen? I just want to reiterate what Pastor Andrew was saying earlier on about his message last week. If you went here last week, please get Pastor Andrew's message on thankfulness. Because I believe this is a build-up on what Pastor Andrew uh, uh, spoke about last week. Thanks, Alan. Uh, So get that message. But imagine, imagine if we all lived life with this expectation. That something good is about to happen. I I believe fear is rooted in in this core belief that that something bad is about to happen to me. But what if we reverse that? To living a life with an expectation that something good is about to happen to my life. That you are driving, going to a place with this expectation. man. As I'm going to work today, for instance, man, something good is going to happen. To happen. And I believe God wants us to have that expectation because God is a good God and He expects us to expect goodness from Him. So I want to tell us a story from the Bible which is going to be the basis of our message today. It's a story from uh, Joshua. Now I want to give you a bit of a background to the life of Joshua. Joshua was a wonderful guy who was born in Egypt during the time of You know, slavery when the Israelites were still in captivity in Egypt. He was a young boy at the time when God liberated them. But he experienced everything with Moses. He experienced the Red Sea, experienced the wilderness, and he experienced being in the promised land. In fact, he's one of the uh, only two people who had the privilege of going to the promised land. Well, during the Moses time, going to the promised land, And coming back and giving a report and then going back into the promised land. And so he is a man who had experienced and he had seen a lot of the things that the Israelite had experienced. And so this is a time where Moses has now died. And God says this to him, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people... Get ready to cross over the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittites, sorry, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I saw to their ancestors to give them. And so God comes to Joshua and he gives Joshua this wonderful scripture. Now bear in mind that Joshua has a lot going on in his mind. Joshua has experienced the just this horrible experience in the wilderness. He has seen how the wilderness was a place where God was going to lead them, but that place turned into a graveyard where he was supposed to be enjoying spending time with his friends, but that turned into him going from funeral to funeral, burying his friends. He has experienced how when they obeyed God and God provided manna from heaven, they ate quail from heaven. But when they disobeyed God, he saw snakes eating and biting his friends, his siblings, his cousins. And he has all this experience and God comes to him and says to him, you are going to lead these people into the promised land. Now imagine with me for a moment. You are Joshua. God said to these people, the Israelites, you guys are stubborn. In fact, I want to have repented. I want to just kill all of you and start a new nation and moses begged god not to do that and god is giving these people for joshua to lead i mean how do you get a responsibility to lead people that god himself calls stubborn i mean they must really be stubborn if god can consider them stubborn but joshua is given the assignment to lead these people into the promised land i think he had a lot of fear i think he was worried lord well, you are telling us to go into this promised land. Where, where are the weapons with which we're going to fight our enemies? Lord, how are we going to get into the promised land? You've only told me to be courageous, to be strong, and not to be afraid. But what else, Lord? How are we going to get to the other side? And I believe all of our lives have these things. God gives us these wonderful things. There is a mission, and we are commissioned. missioned There is a quest and we have to conquer it. There is a promise, but there is also a fulfillment. The problem is this space between the promise and the fulfillment. That's where the problem is now. Joshua has been given this promise by God to get into the promised land. But at that moment, they were not in the promised land yet. They were somewhere else. They knew that there was a journey that they needed to travel. They knew that there were wars that they needed to fight. They knew that there was a river that they needed to cross. But there's a gap. And I believe this is where everything or most of the things happen. It is in this gap that people give up on their dreams. It is in this gap where people give up on their marriages. It is in this gap where people compromise on their morality and their righteousness. It is in this gap between the promise of God and its fulfillment. When you are waiting for God's promise to come to pass in your life. It is in this gap where people are like, man, I, I'm, just, I'm just too tired to wait for God. I would want to make something for myself. It is in this gap where people gave up on God when Moses had gone to the mountain. They said, well, Moses has taken too long. We don't want to follow this God anymore. Aaron, why don't you make us a God we can touch and see?" It was there when they gave up on following the God who had delivered them from the the hands of the Egyptians. In fact, it was here where they desired to go back to the place of their bondage and captivity and refuse to pursue the promises of God which were ahead of them. It is in this gap where people just choose to give up and stop pursuing the promises of God in their lives. One of the things that Pastor Andrew mentioned last week, which I believe is very critical for this gap, is living in this gap with thankfulness from the start point to the finish point. Because it's, it's, the promise is amazing, but its fulfillment is even more amazing. But the process between that requires patience, requires perseverance, requires gratefulness, and us being thankful in the process rather than just in the land. I want to say some things. I believe the Holy Spirit say these things to me about this gap, this process. Some people call this process a gap. I would call it for the sake of the book today that we're reading, Joshua and the sake of our series, as the wilderness. The wilderness, as we understand it, was not designed by God to be a place of horrible experiences. When you read Exodus 13, verse 17, the Bible says that When God delivered the people of Israel from the land of Egypt, He said to Himself, If I lead these people through the shorter route, through the way of the Philistines, when they encounter wars, they will turn back and go back to Egypt. As such, the Lord laid them through the longer route of the wilderness to protect them. Not to hurt and harm them, but to protect them. And so the goal of the wilderness was for God to protect them from the attack and the adversity of their enemies. In fact, if you understand that deserts are a place where there's a lot of heat and and the sun and there are no trees. Mainly if there are trees, it's shorter trees. God gave them a cloud. Imagine in the midst of the heat of the desert, they had a cloud which created a shadow for them to hide And so God had put things in place to be able to protect his people even as they journeyed into the promised land. And so in this process, doesn't mean God abandons us and leaves us to walk by ourselves. God is there with us. Thank you, Pastor. God is there with us. And so it's important to understand that this was a place of protection, not a place where God was going to harm them. This was a place of transition not a place of permanent residence it wasn't a place where god said to them you guys are going to stay here no it was a place where god says you guys are going through here and maybe some of you need to hear today that maybe what you're going through you are just going through maybe your current situation is not going to remain the same you are just going through Maybe God has not called you to be where you are, even though you're crying and you're having sleepless nights, but God is saying you are just going through. That is not a place of your permanent residence, it's just a place that you are going through. And so the wilderness was a place where they were just traveling, it was just a path through which they had to go. As it's important to understand, it was a place of their transition. And so the gap between the promise. And the fulfillment. And so God comes to Joshua and says to him the following. He says, I want you to have these three things. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be strong. And I want you not to be afraid. Yeah. How, do you, how do you, if God comes to you and says to you, you know what? I want you to occupy, for the sake of our uh, discussion today, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to overthrow Robert Mugabe, and I want you to take that land for me because I have a plan for the Zimbabweans. And so God comes to you and says, Hey, I'm giving you these three things. Go into Zim, and this is how you're gonna overcome it. Don't be afraid, be courageous and be strong. I'm gonna turn to God and say, God, (laughs) do you know these people have guns? Do you know that courage cannot stop a bullet? Lord, do you understand that these people can overcome us courage and, and, not, and, and not being afraid will not overcome this enemy? But God knew that these three things were very critical for them to overcome and get into the promised land. Sometimes what I've found as a pastor and as a Christian myself is that we undermine the instructions of God because they don't make sense to us often times. And we think we are too smart for God to... It feels as though that God instructions, God's instructions rather, are antiquated. That they are outdated. Lord, this is the 21st century. You can't. This Bible thing doesn't apply today. This, this, this thing that was taught to Joshua today, I mean, things are different. Lord, this can't apply. No, but God says, this is the instruction that I have given you. You, you just obey me. What brings the victory is not the weapons. It's your obedience to my word. It is your obedience that results in the victory. It's not how many people you have to fight for you. Because I will fight for you. What I want you to do is just obey what I say. And so God says to Joshua, don't be afraid. I think God knew that Joshua could be afraid. Because Joshua had seen so many things happen to his people. I said earlier on, Joshua had seen his friends. Imagine you were Joshua. You grew up in Egypt, playing in the mud, seeing your fathers making bricks, and seeing them being forced to work so hard and extra hard and so forth and so on. You crossed the Red Sea with these bodies of yours. Maybe you were trying to catch some fish in the sea as you were crossing you can imagine as boys growing up with his friends, then he grew up with them in the wilderness, and then one by one he started seeing them die. Literally, his entire generation died, except for two people who were left him and Caleb. Imagine going from one house to another, speaking on the funerals of your cousin, funerals of your uncles, funerals of your friends. And God knew that Joshua had reasons. To be afraid. God knew that there were things that would make him fearful. God is not ignorant of our experiences. God God is not forgetful of the things that you have gone through. But what God is saying is that if you can obey the instruction that I give you, your obedience will result in the victory. Not how many people are on your side. And so God says to Joshua, Don't be afraid. Because I believe... Fear does the following things. Fear paralyzes you from pursuing your promise and its fulfillment. Fear paralyzes you because the enemy knows this. The devil is unable to take away the promises of God from your life. But he is able to distract you from God's promises. And the goal is to distract you for as long as he can. So that you never get to experience the fullness of the promises of God in your life. Because he's not strong enough to approach God and take the promises and the fulfillment from the hands of God. But he can come to you and put distractions on your path to take you away from the promises of God. And so God says to him, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. And I think that's a message for some of you today. God has called you to stand up for something god has called you to pursue a dream god has called you to start a business or god has called you to start an organization or a foundation god has placed a vision on your heart but you're too afraid to stand up you are too afraid to take the first step you are too afraid to explain to someone that man i've been so consumed by this passion and i believe it's from god this is what i want to do and god is saying to you hey don't be afraid Don't be afraid. Stand up. Don't be afraid, God says. And the second thing God says to Joshua, he says, Be strong. God uses two words, be strong and be courageous. The strength here of being strong refers to physical strength. And God says to Joshua, Be strong. Be strong physically before you become strong mentally. Why is physical strength important to God? Because, hey, if you are the weaker body, God can't use you to the fullness of how he wants to use you. And so God says to him, hey, be strong. Maybe some of you today, you need to hear this. Be strong. But how does the strength of the body come into the fulfillment of the promises that God has given you? Here's how it comes into the fulfillment of how God has given you and the promises he's given you. Maybe you being weak physically weakens you from focusing on that promise that God has for you. Maybe it weakens your ability to dream bigger and further. Maybe it it, it weakens your ability to imagine and reimagine the vision that God has given you. You're too quick to give up on what God has called you to do because you're too weak physically to pursue it. And God is saying, be strong. For some of you to be strong physically, maybe you need to start working out. Maybe you need to start running. Maybe you need to start walking. Maybe you need to start doing something that brings you physical satisfaction within obviously the confines of the word of God and what is acceptable. (laughs) So let me just take a... Some water. (laughs) You know, before someone goes out of here and said, Pastor, I should bring things, I should do things that bring physical pleasure. Like I know that's not what I meant. I meant (laughs) what is in the Bible. But God says to Joshua, Be strong. I want you to know that God wants you to be strong. And so God thirdly said to him, Be courageous. What is courage? Courage is mental strength. Courage is mental strength. It's not tangible. You have to be mentally strong to be able to pursue what God has for you. I was reading up somewhere how mental illness, um, there's a projection that within about 20 years, mental illness and, and cancer will be the two highest illnesses that will be prevalent in our community and in our society. By the way, I stand against that in Jesus' name. (laughs) I think God has got a better plan for us than that. But we cannot fully just discard this without praying for them and understand why. There's an attack on the minds because if the battle can be lost in the mind, it can be lost in reality. If the enemy can get to weaken your thinking with regards to the promise that God has given you, you have lost it. And so God knows that Joshua is going to struggle with having this capacity in his mind to conceive this dream that God had given him. And God said, I want you to have this mental capacity to be able to bear with me and believe me on my word for the promise I've given you. How do you get into the promised land? How do you get into the promised land? You need to have courage. I was reading up again this wonderful, very own South African lady, Caroline Leaf. And she was talking about how you can actually change your brain through changing your mind. And that the mind and the brain are two different things. And so when you take your mind off your brain and you renew your mind your mind can speak to your brain and change the structure and the cells and the chemicals in your brain to start to think in a way that is positive and consistent with the will of God for your life and so how do you get courage you begin to get the word of God in your mind Because as you pursue the dream of God for your life, as you pursue the dream of God for your marriage, as you pursue the dream of God for your children, you are going to be hearing so many voices. There are people who are not going to believe in the dream that God has given you. There is yourself who's not going to believe in the dream that God has given you. But when you stick to the word of God and you keep feeding your mind with the word, you begin to change your mind, your your brain catches up with your mind, then you are able to pursue the dreams of God for your life. And God says to Joshua, I want you to be courageous. Why should he be courageous? God gives him these promises. Sorry, I've been left so behind. I can't multitask some of the time. Thank you, Pastor Carol. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Be courageous and be strong. No, no, thank you. I just looked at you. I remembered I need to change slides. <laughs> Two things. Uh, why shouldn't he be afraid? And why shouldn't he be discouraged? God said, focus on my promises. In the scriptures that we read, God said to Joshua, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I want you to know that my promise is for you to inherit the land. I want you to know that I've given you a promise that your family will never be left alone. Your family will never be abandoned. Your children will go to school. God says, I want you to know that your business is going to succeed. Because life is progressive. Life is not regressive. And the Bible speaks about God taking us from one level of glory to another. I haven't seen in the Bible where the Bible says God takes us from a higher glory to a lower glory. In other words, when we are with God, we are progressing. We are going forward and we are moving forward. And so it's important to focus on the promises of God. Now, God says to Joshua, focus on the promise of God. I have told you that I will not leave you. I will not forsake you focus on my promise and because you have seen the track record of my goodness i want you to focus on my promise how many times do we lose sight of the promises of god ahead of us how many times when we are confronted like the israelite in the wilderness when they were confronted with food now imagine if you have to choose between food and the promise of god what would you choose Someone said food. (laughs) (laughs) These people are hungry and they're starving. And they begin to say to one another that we would rather go back to Egypt. Where we had huge pots of meat and steak. Rather than going ahead and pursue the promises of God. How many times do we choose the comfort of our bondage? than going through the process that God is taking us through to be able to experience the fullness of His fulfillment in our lives. How many times because you've lived in that place for too long that you would rather be here than pursuing the dream that God has for you? And God says, keep your focus on my promises. I said, I'll be with you. Don't lose heart. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Know that I will be with you. And I want you to know this morning, family, that God is with you. That God is with you as you're raising your children. God is with you as you're at your work. God is with you as you're running your business. God is with you. When you are confronted with things, remember, focus on the promise of God. God is here. God is with me. It was easier for Joshua to lose sight of the fact that God was with him. He's leading a people who didn't want to go into the promised land because 10 of the spies said, Guys, we can't go there. They are giants. Joshua knew that the land had giants. But he knew that God was a bigger giant than the giants in the land. Sometimes pursuing the promise of God does not necessarily mean where you're going. There are no challenges. It just means that the God that is on your side is bigger than the challenges you face. It doesn't mean that the promises that God has for you. I was speaking to someone who said to me, you know, I I was working so hard. I was working extra hours because I was eyeing for this position. I knew I was going to get promoted. And if I was going to get promoted, it was going to be that position. Then I said to him, do you still believe that what you believed before somebody else took this position? (laughs) It's like, but no, but I can't believe that anymore because somebody else has taken that position. I said, but, but do you, what, if, what if God, if you believe him, still has this position for you? Because sometimes when you focus on what is happening in the natural, you lose sight of the promise of God. It, it doesn't matter whether somebody else has taken your position. You stay in your position and in your faith with God. Maybe God is going to promote them further and give you that position that you wanted. And so... I lost, I lost my point, but I <laughs> like the Holy Spirit diverted me. But here's the point. In the promised land, there were giants. And their focus was not to be on the giants. Their focus was to be on the promise of God. I don't know how many of us have seen giants. And when giants are described, they've got six fingers, six toes. They're, they're very tall. They're called the sons of Anak. I can imagine Joshua seeing these people and say, yo, this, this guy can push you with a finger. And you break your head just with a finger. But he looked back and said, but my God is bigger than this giant. And he has promised to be with me. That the, the, the giant will not scare me out of the promises of God for my life proverbs it's solomon who says he says if you give up in the day of adversity then your spirit is weak if you give up in the day of adversity then your spirit is weak it is in the day of adversity in fact when you read the scripture the red sea was not a place where god just wanted to damp these guys it was a place where God wanted to test their faith in him. Because I believe faith that is not tested, it is not approved. And if your faith has not been tested, it has not been approved. And sometimes you're confronted with challenges not because God wants you to die, but just because God wants to know how much you trust him. Sometimes we act out of our own things thinking we are acting out of faith because we know we are in control we can do that whether with god or without god if somebody has a million rand and they're praying lord i just want to buy that car you know that that prayer is a casual prayer you know what i'm saying it's a casual prayer because they know that out of their own pocket they can afford it it's a different thing when somebody has no job has no bank account, and has no money, and says, God, I'm really trusting you for that car. And you know that that prayer is different to the prayer of the one who has the money. And so God wants us to focus on his promise and not on the giants. And that would bring us comfort. And he says to Joshua, he gives him this word. He says, hey, the second thing I want you to do is meditate on this word day and night. So that you will be able to do everything that is written in it. How do you meditate? This word meditate is such a wonderful word because in the original Hebrew, it means to chew on. It's, it's like, you know, these uh, animals, I don't know how you call them any, again, but ruminators. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Pastor Andy is such a schoolmaster. <laughs> it's... it's You know, when you chew something, these animals, ruminators, they chew, then they store the food. And then when they're hungry, they bring back the food and chew it again and again and again. And that's the word that is used here for meditating on the word of God. And God is saying, when you hear my word, chew on it. Get out of it every single molecule, every single vitamin, every single thing that I've intended for you to get out of the word. But don't just do it once. It says do it day and night. Do it continuously. Let me say this, family. I have seen people who take, and with all due respect, to psychologists, to doctors, to people who write books, someone would call a psychologist and make an entire decision based on the psychologist quote from a certain book they read and design their family the way they live life, the way they treat their kids, the way they raise their family by this doctor something, something from the state somewhere with all due respect to them, but they've never taken time to read this word and raise their children the way of God and when their children are grown, they're running around then they come to the church please pray for my children what book did you raise your children with? What book are you raising your children with? What book are you building your business with? What book are you are you are you building your life with? Is it just other books that, that you're reading that have fancy names, or is it the book that gives life? And God says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It shall not depart from your mouth family the word of god is living and active it is living and active it might not be able to bring the result now as you want it but i can tell you it will always bring lasting results because god says to joshua hey let not this book of the law depart from your mouth You might be wanting me to give you a gun or this, but I'm giving you this book. This book is more than a gun. This book is going to give you the kind of victory that will last a lifetime. But it says to Joshua, day and night, live it out so that you will be able to do everything that is written in it. So speak it continuously. Meditate on it continuously. And live it out. Continuously. I can promise you if you get nothing out of this word read the word of God continuously speak the word of God continuously and live out the word of God continuously come back to me in one year if your life hasn't changed we'll take God as a witness because I know that when you read the word of God continuously when you speak the word of God continuously and you meditate on the word of God continuously your life Must change because the word of God is living and it is active. And so God says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Can we rise to our feet? We're going to pray. Thank you. So again, how do we overcome? How do we get into the promised land? Focus on the promises of God and focus on his word. God is not ignorant of your experience, just like he wasn't ignorant of Joshua's experience. But when God gives you an instruction, he knows that your obedience will result in the kind of victory that you need. And God is saying to you this morning, don't be afraid. Be courageous and be strong. Stand up and pursue the dream that I have for you don't give up in the gap don't give up in the process don't give up on your marriage don't give up on your children don't give up don't give up don't give up the Lord says be strong and pursue my dream for you father in the name of Jesus this morning Lord, we find strength in your word because your word is living and it is active. Some of us are living testimonies of the power of your word. And the word says that you are not a man that you should lie. You are not a son of man that you should change your mind. Have you not said it? And will you not do it? Have you not promised and will you not fulfill it? And that's who you are. And that's why we trust you. Because we know that you are faithful to fulfill your word. And your word is yes and amen. Lord, right now I just silence every voice of fear. Every voice of anxiety. Every voice that speaks to your people with anything else other than your promises for them. Lord, we silence that voice. The voice that brings fear that results in depression, anxiety, and discouragement. And today we speak the voice of faith that God is with you. That God is on your side. And if God be with you, who can be against you? Father, we receive this word this morning. we're going to journey in the process as long as you have us in this process between our promise and its fulfillment we'll be thankful we'll be strong we'll be courageous and we won't be afraid in jesus name